For July 18th, 2020, it's your Saturday morning Slam Master of Ceremonies, Lee here, nursing a coffee. Uh, early, early, uh, up late last night, doing some laundry, playing some Ghosts of Tsushima, and uh, still had the Brian Cage and Moxley match to watch, so I watched that late last night, took my notes, and went to sleep. Uh, I'm here to do the podcast uh, this morning, no read this week, uh, didn't want to come on and talk about some UFC, uh, didn't watch AEW Dynamite, so it could be me by my lonesome for the next little bit. Thank you for joining me. We do have an excellent edition of AEW Dynamite to talk about uh, from this past Wednesday, which was July 15th, 2020. You know what? Since that's the only thing we have to talk about this week, let's get right down to it. AEW Dynamite, aka Fight for the Fallen. Uh, aforementioned July 15th, 2020, Wednesday from Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, the crowd appears to be all masked up. They got AEW masks, probably available now, on their shop. Except for MJF and Wardlow. Good heel heat there. Tony Shivani has the night off due to a late COVID test. As far as we know, uh, nothing wrong with the guy. Uh, just his test came back a little late and he uh, he missed broadcast or recording or whatever the hell's going on these days. Uh, Taz will take his place for the first part of the show. And that's fine, because Taz is great. All right. Uh, first up, we got Cody with Arn Anderson versus Sonny Kiss for the TNT Championship. Uh, you know, set the tone for the evening. Usually we get a, a tag match, something, something light and quick coming out the gate here. Uh, what instead we got was a wrestling match telling a story. Surprise. Uh, Cody enters first, fireworks in an empty arena. I love that ASMR. I love that, that slap of the, uh, the fireworks reverberating off the empty arena. I just love it. I don't know what it is. That, like, I can't get enough of it. The concrete rose. Sunny Kiss enters with cheerleaders, dances on the ramp. A bit of a, uh, what would you call this? A bit of a, uh, distraction. A bit of a, uh, psyching out of Cody here. The dance goes on a little long. Uh, crowd sounds quiet compared to previous weeks. I know it's been mentioned many places. Uh, th this didn't really take me out of the experience or anything, but it was notable, uh, that... Just the, the crowd noise was quieter this week uh, than previously. Arn uh, coaching uh, Cody, telling him to get his head out of his ass. Sonny getting in a lot of offense. Sonny counters a crossroads for a near fall. 450 splash a near fall. Arn looks like he's seen a fucking ghost. Cody's uh, head is not in the game. They are telling a story here. Uh, Cody argues with ref Aubrey Edwards about something. Sonny with a roll-up near fall. Cody counters with a hold until Sonny gets the rope break. A frustrated Cody pulls the turnbuckle pad off. Sonny reserves reserves a slam and tosses Cody into... Reverses, I think is what I meant to say here. Into the corner. Another near fall on Cody. Sonny rains down some blows. Cody with the crossroads and gets the 1-2-3. He retains the TNT Championship, but is clearly getting worn down week to week. Decent match. Good storytelling. Show of respect after the match with a big ol' hug. Uh, Sunny Kiss looks like a million bucks here. Uh, I don't know what the plans are for Sunny Kiss. Uh, I mean, you, you have someone here with a very unique look who is very acrobatic, who is fun in the ring, uh, and could absolutely be a uh, a, a mid-carder that can show up, you know, every other week on Dynamite or something like that. I'm not going to say, like, a Darby Allen uh, because Darby Allen I think, is, is kind of in the, the upper card now, but... Uh, good showing by Sonny Kiss. No, uh, was I incorrect here in saying no Joey Janela at ringside to cheer on, uh, his tag partner? Or at least it wasn't notable. Uh, Cody here kind of repeatedly doing dumb babyface things. 
uh, with the backdrop of this guy's worn down. He's been he's been defending this championship. Uh, you see little flashes of of heel in Cody uh, when he has to get things done. You know, uh, sitting on top of Sonny and raining down some punches and stuff like that to to just kind of desperately end the match uh, and have Cody you know ultimately be the better wrestler here uh, and and take care of business. But very cool. Uh, I agree with with some others that say th- before Cody loses, there should be a few matches that go to a draw or something where Cody does have to start to resort to to more heel tactics, if that's in fact where we're going. I like the intense face uh, Cody here. And of course, when you have two faces fighting in a match, especially in a championship match, uh, the champion usually has to do the subtle heel stuff. Uh, there there are multiple times in this show, and in a lot of shows, where the baby face, or in this case Cody, sets up the, uh, the hazard, as it were. In this case, the turnbuckle later in the show. There's a barricade spot with Moxley. Uh, and then ends up eating it himself, uh, which is something that I like to call it raid two booking. If you bring a weapon to the fight, that weapon is how you will die. Uh, and that was the same here. Uh, JR reminds us to wear our masks and be safe. Fight for the Fallen is a fundraiser for families in Northeast Florida. You can donate directly or buy a Fight for the Fallen shirt. And I believe I read 100% of the proceeds from that shirt go to uh, to the charity. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Florida needs it because they're, Jesus Christ, uh, they're fucked up down there. Uh, Moxley versus Brian Cage for the AEW Championship later tonight. Debut of the Nightmare Sisters, who are 3-0 on Dark, which is Brandy and Allie, formerly the Bunny. Chris Jericho has something to say, so we will all listen. Uh, and he will be at the desk for commentary later in the show for the second half. He will replace Taz. The Elite versus Jurassic Express and Lucha Brothers versus FDR, which is next. The Butcher and the Blade drive the Lucha Bros to the ring, not unlike the best friends being driven by their own mother. Uh, they still have FDR's car truck, lowrider truck. Uh, FDR remove each other's jackets, which is a nice little, little, little bro thing to do. Just hey, bu- hey, bud, can I get your jacket? Yeah, yeah. You want to get my jacket? Yeah, all right. Uh, Pentagon and Dax start the match. Some missed tag spots, otherwise great uh, action. Lots of big shots. Uh, so here you have two guys who will painstakingly follow the the tag rules. As much as possible. I did notice one missed tag between these two guys here. Or at least the ref missed it. Uh, or the TV angle missed it. Uh, but because they are so inconsistent with the tag rules, it it you start to pay attention uh, to those kind of things. And now I'm it, it, it is immersion breaking. If you have a problem with this, you got to pay extra attention to it. And uh, I understand in Lucha Wrestling, it's not as big a deal. Uh, there's kind of a, if he wanted to tag, he could have. He just didn't and became the legal man uh, going on. And that's something that's kind of carried over from independent wrestling as well. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about it week in, week out. So, some missed tag spots. Otherwise, great engine. Lots of big spots. Uh, Tully looks on. He's recruiting. He's just in the crowd wearing a wearing a bandana, just kind of doing an old man sit. Uh, just kind of taking it all in. Men fight through the commercial break. Dax suplexing both opponents. Uh, Taz puts over the no-nonsense offense of FTR. Dax is dumped outside. Cash takes some double-team moves from the Lucha Bros. Wheeler dodges a spike. Cash and Wheeler, the same person, by the way. Dodges a spike pile driver. Top rope bulldog on Ray from Dax, uh, which is not a flip, but it's getting pretty close. Uh, everyone down, uh, but Pentagon drags Ray to the corner for a tag. Dax cuts him off with some shots on the top rope. Ray tags in just as Pentagon takes a superplex. 
Moves! I have written here. Everyone is down again. Cash with a diving tope slash DDT combo on Pentagon outside the ring. Escalera diving splash from Ray on Cash. Dax appears. Ray tosses him back into the ring. Dax eats a hook kick, dodges a second kick, unmasks Ray Phoenix, and pulls him up, uh, rolls him up rather, for the pin. Uh, so in Mexico, max rem mask removal is immediate DQ in most Lucha uh, organizations, uh, but not here in AEW. So FTR is undefeated. They win the match. Butcher and Blade taunt FTR with the keys for their truck. Young Bucks sneak up behind them and super kick them, steal the keys. Kenny appears with a cooler. Time to bury the hatchet. Elite is here to celebrate with FTR. <laughs> Kenny toasts with FTR. They pour their beverages onto Kenny. FTR leave with their truck. So, uh, a friendly rivalry continues. Uh, but it's something something's different with Kenny here. And we'll talk more about that very shortly. Chris Jericho is here. Inner Circle, minus Sammy in tow. Uh, Jericho looking fly as hell. Leather gloves, white blazer. Just looking gr good look, uh, I gotta say. Fantastic. Mentions ratings, uh, which I initially have written here as a mistake. He's just like, man, don't feed these fucking trolls. But I woke up this morning thinking about this promo. True, hand to God. <laughs> I'm like, Chris Jericho's dis delusioned character here. Turns out, AEW crushed NXT this week. But there's no way for Chris Jericho to have known that was going to happen. Uh, but what they, they can always hang on to is the demographic. The 18 to 49 demographic, which Chris Jericho is still in for another year. And uh, he he becomes the demo god. He puts over his match with Cassidy. He's one of the best of his career. Everyone wants a Cassidy rematch. You aren't getting one. He had his chance. Uh, talks more shit and pours out a little OJ for Cassidy. So yeah, he, Chris Jericho is referring to himself as the, as the ratings guy that he's never been defeated uh and again what he's saying the thing so the thing in AEW with heels and promos especially taz is great at this and of course now uh guerrero um vicky guerrero having on the show d doing the same thing you tell the truth until you lie uh and and it's a thin line and jericho is so fucking good on the mic so natural he knows from point a to point b where he's going I don't think Chris Jericho practices this. I don't think he writes anything down. I think this is off the this guy the guy's motherfucking cuff. And if it isn't, then he's very good at his job because he's fooled me, right? Uh, so he puts himself over as the demo god here. That his quarter always is the highest in the eighteen to forty nine NXT cannot touch him in that regard. And it's great because guess what? If he ever loses this, it's a dissolution heel that said it. He can have a counter promo to that if he does has told the truth, and it does come true, which in this case, it looks like it, it definitely has. Uh, what great heat against WWE fans who, you know, look at any uh, post about the ratings about these two fucking shows and see all the slug-brained fanboys that come out of the fucking woodwork uh, on this stuff. Like, week to week, maximum viewership doesn't make any sense. Like, if you look at... Like... Like, I don't know how much more it has to be said that Jericho here is telling the truth. From an advertising point of view, for a wrestling show to be successful, they don't need the most amount of viewers versus every other show airing at the same time. What they need is that demographic. That network is looking to sell commercials to males 18 to 49 for action figures, video games, sports shit, uh, whatever. And... 
if if you're NXT, if you're Raw, if you're SmackDown, and that demographic's going down, they're going to spend their money elsewhere where they can reach that demographic more readily. So even at 1.5 million viewers on Raw, it's all old people watching it. What do they have to to advertise? Like, listen to any radio station that plays oldies. Listen to an AM radio station that's playing the, the gold node oldies, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And listen to what the commercials are, if there even is any. And it's like motorhomes, boats. It's for people who have retired. And that's where WWE is trending right now. Uh, and that's the issue. That's that's what is always being argued. But, uh, you know, if you look at the two numbers side by side and one of them is bigger, well, that one won. And that's the kind of mentality here. Uh, you, of course, want both shows to be healthy and do good. You want them to trade week to week, as I do. Even though I'm not watching NXT, I follow it week to week. I see what's going on. Uh, I'm interested in a lot of the talent they have on that show. Um, I just don't have the time to to fully watch. Remember when we first started Sultans of Slam with Reed and we were doing NXT and fucking AEW? Like a like a professional podcast? Anyways, this was great from Jericho. Uh, JR like, groaned when he first brought it up, which I thought was super funny. He's just like, we're going to talk about the ratings. JR just like under his breath is like, oh, God. Uh, this was great. Chris Jericho was great. And this segment just keeps getting better. Uh, tells Cassidy's has a chance, talks more shit, and pours a little OJ out for Cassidy in the ring. Music hits. Orange Cassidy appears, sauntering slowly from the seats. Jericho reiterates there will be no rematch. Fold your sunglasses up and shove them up your ass. Get out of my arena, you piece of shit. Cassidy does a Julius Caesar thumb, uh, gives him the thumbs down. Jericho asks what he's going to do. Carry style OG tor- OJ Torrent from the rafters. So... Just You just hear, like, a, th- a mechanical, like, shook, and then suddenly, as I said, a torrent of orange juice, or at least orange-colored water, comes descending from the top of the arena and drenches the entire inner circle. Ortiz sells this shit like a clinic. Go watch it on YouTube. This whole segment's on YouTube, except for the, uh, the punchline at the end. Jericho's ripped shit. He's wearing a $7,000 blazer. And now it's been ruined. The thing that's cool about Jericho is uh, his clothing, his his costume style. He always he's consistent. He assigns a cost to like when he had the scarf on uh, on Raw or whatever there, and it got ruined or whatever. And his jacket with the, the light up jacket that uh, was uh, Kevin Owens destroyed. Good stuff. Ask for a towel to wipe himself off. It unfurls to reveal that it is an Orange Cassidy towel now available on uh, the AW store. Commercial break back with Jericho now on commentary. He's still rip shit, of course, and being drenched in orange juice. They show the replay. Uh, Jurassic Express versus the lead is up next. Alex Marves is interviewing uh, uh, J- Jurassic Express. Marco laughing his ass off. After 65 million years, a dinosaur finally has a chance to fight the elite. There's nothing funny about that. Get your, Did you have your kick pads? No? Okay, let's go anyway. Uh, Jericho sits down. Doesn't change his clothes or anything. He's just he's sopping wet. Uh, you wait and see what's going to happen, he tells Marco Stunt and Jurassic Express for laughing at him. They show multiple replays of the OJ spot from mul- alternate angles while Jericho uh, cringes. Excalibur plugs being the elite, which is on Mondays. Jericho vows to kick the ass of Jurassic Express, all of them. Uh, Jungle Boy and Nick uh, Jackson start things off in this match. Marco and Kenny tag in. Uh, Kenny manhandles and shoves him about to start. Kenny's still wearing his shirt. The two men run around the ring as Kenny begins to sell for Marco, which is... I have no problem with Marco Stunt. I have problems when the highest card people in this company are selling for him. Especially when 
it, it doesn't warrant. And Ke- Kenny Omega is is one of the biggest defenders of this, even being one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. That doesn't mean someone gives you a little pat on the back and you send yourself flying into the corner. It's immersion breaking for pro wrestling. As much as I love Kenny Omega, it's a bit over the top. He's overselling a little bit. And uh, when it comes to being in the ring with someone like Marco Stunt, who he should be manhandling all around the ring, especially with the story they're going to tell here, uh, Mar- I... There needs to be a discussion about the offense Marco will successfully get in on Kenny, because otherwise, a little unbelievable. Otherwise, no problem with Marco Stunt. Great athlete. He's got a niche here. Uh, Let's see where the future takes him. Kenny uh, whips off his shirt. Marco tags in Luchasaurus. Kenny tags in Matt. Tags in action outside the ring. Time for a commercial. Jericho puts over Jungle Boy, even though he's mad at him. Uh, Luchasaurus takes on the entire elite, levels all three men, continues to kick them all in the face. Uh, Kenny breaks up a near fall as we cut backstage to see Hangman and FTR having a shot in the bar. The bar. It's it's the one. You've seen it before. It's Daly's Place. We've been here for months. You know what the bar at Daly's Place looks like. Kenny and Lucha square off alone. Big shots, headbutts, Snapdragon suplex. Also Snapdragon's Jungle Boy and Marco as they run it to help. Jurassic Express with, a ta- with some tag team moves here. Near fall on Kenny. Bucks back in the ring. Lucha whiffs a tail whip and eats a double super kick for his troubles and takes a Tiger Driver 98. Marco, now the legal man. Nick tees off on him. An absolutely uh, wild destroyer spot here. Um, I can barely describe. I didn't take good enough notes here, so I'm going to try my best. Uh, Luchasaurus is kneeling. uh, No, Luchasaurus is standing on the ropes, keeping the elite at bay. Jungle Boy boosts Marco onto Luchasaurus's shoulders, and then he hits Matt, who's climbing up the rope with a destroyer. Uh... Matt is destroyed, as it were. Marco and Kenny in the ring. Snapdragon looking for V-Trigger. Lucha defends and takes the V-Trigger on his behalf. A second V-Trigger connects with Marco. Uh, Marco, Mark, Marco. Marco manages to uh, wiggle out of the One-Wing Angel for a near-fall roll-up on Kenny. Kenny hits the One-Wing Angel. 1-2-3 Elite wins. After the bell, Kenny mounts Marco and starts feeding him right hands. Nick immediately pulls him off. Kenny grinning at his unsportsmanlike conduct. The two teams are a little mad at each other. Kenny hears like, hey, what's the big deal? It's a wrestling match. It's like Nick and Matt are like, nah, man, that's not cool. And suddenly the idea of Kenny turning heel uh, is in the forefront. I think that's really cool. I think Kenny would do a really good job of it. And what baby faces Hangman Page more? Someone who was looking like he was going to heel turn than to have his own partner be the one that ends up heel turning on him. Hangman Page is the, the biggest babyface of all time in AEW at that point. This is very cool. I'm down with this. Poor Marco had some shots rained down on him. But I digress. Alex Marvez interviewing Hikaru Shida. Uh, Nyla will be coming up for a rematch as the other women are unable to compete that are uh, ranked above her. So here we go. Rematch. Uh, we hear from Moxley. He's been pissed off uh, and upset about a great many things. Uh, I mean, shoot. The guy, his wife has had covid he had to miss two weeks of uh, AEW. He had to miss the whole fighter fest because of it. He's not happy. He watched Taz's report uh, from, I think it was last week, and says uh, he can't get his finisher on Brian Cage maybe because of his fucking roid body. But he'll focus on his uh, recently rehabbed bicep instead and tear it from the bone. You have a baby face coming out here before his match and telling you exactly what he's going to do. Let's see what happens. Allie and Brandy Rhodes, Nightmare Sisters versus Kenzie Page, our girl. Uh, Butcher and Blade, of course, our boys. Kenzie Page, our girl. We want to see Kenzie Page get a hefty contract and be pushed up to the middle card. And MJ Jenkins, wrestling business and not wrestling friendness, says Chris Jericho. 
as uh, Brandy and Allie have been tearing through uh, the, the the jobber women's tag division, I guess. Uh, Dustin Rhodes coaching at ringside. Nightmare Sisters looking good, dominating the match. Allie gets the pin here on MJ, and that's kind of it. Uh, Nyla Rose will be out next. Oh, there's a thing where Dustin doesn't want to raise Allie's hand, still doesn't really trust her. And, of course, QT Marshall allegedly has COVID, uh, so he's just not on TV. Hope that guy's okay. Uh... QT Marshall is a bigger deal to AEW in the last few months than anyone. Like, he, he gave up his gym so they could record, literally record some shows in. Uh, a lot of his students, and I think uh, people from his wrestling school, are the people in the crowd at these shows. Uh, so all the best to QT. Goddamn. Uh, Nyla Rose out next, but first, an action figure commercial. They'll be available next month. Check them out. Man, do I need to buy AEW fucking action figures? Week in, week out. How am I able to support AEW by, aside from buying a shirt? I might just buy these fucking action figures. I might have to be... I might have to be... All, pardon the sentiment. All in on uh, some some aspect of AEW. Maybe collecting all the action figures is what I do. That's awful. I'm a grown, I'm a grown man. I have money that I need to pay bills. Uh, and now I'm considering buying an entire line of action figures. You got me, AEW. Uh, that being said, I am sitting amongst, uh, material goods here, action figures, video games, uh, I am no stranger to it, but if I'm gonna do something, I do it all the way. Alright. Nyla Rose is out next, uh, introduces her new manager, Vicky Guerrero, whose music almost accidentally played when Nyla Rose first came out. Uh, Vicky has her own theme song, which is a dubstick, dubstep remix of Vicky just saying, excuse me. I, uh... I don't have an affinity for Vicky Guerrero. I didn't watch wrestling uh, during during her her time, as it were. Uh, she's great on the mic. Comes out here and says, don't lie to yourself. You will never cheat to win. And Nyla Rose is going to steal your opportunities. And when she decides to get that, that belt back, it's going to happen. Great. Uh, some people have an issue with all the managers in AEW. Uh, I don't have an issue with it. I do have an issue with uh, the wrestlers, therefore, having less of a personality. And people are really pointing to Brian Cage as this. Uh, I feel Brian Cage has plenty of a personality in ring uh, for what he's doing. He's a fucking killing machine. Uh, and Taz hyping him up is fine to me. I mean, I guess it depends on what Brian... A after the spot at the end of uh, the show... It's uh, it's clear that oh, they they can break up Taz and Brian Cage. He can go his own way, and that's why uh, Taz bestowed him the FTR championship, FTR championship, FTW championship. Uh, previously last week. All right, next week Cody will uh, defend the TNT championship in a match. We don't know against who yet. Hangman versus Five of the Dark Order. Evil Evilise versus Diamante, who are newcomers to the women's division. We haven't seen. Speaking of which, we haven't seen uh, Abaddon. Or uh, the chick she destroyed uh, yet on uh, on Dynamite since then. MJF in action. Maybe they've been on Dark. Uh, Falls Count Anywhere between the Butcher and Blade and Young Bucks for some reason. And uh, Jurassic Express versus Hagar and Jericho. It's time, baby. Moxley versus Brian Cage is up next. Turn tape over. I switch to my other notes. I remove my wizard hat and robe. FTW champion Brian Cage versus AEW world champion John Moxley. So... <clears throat> the story with the FTW Championship is that it's not recognized by any wrestling promotion. Uh, is it now recognized by the AEW? Because the, the, the announcers are putting it over. They announce him as the FTW Champion. Whatever. Taz talks some shit before the match. Uh, before Moxley's music hits. You, you get promos to the bitter end uh, with this program. Which is fine. Because everybody cutting promos here is great. And by everyone, I mean Moxley and Taz. Game on. All right. Time to fight. 
Uh, Brian does curls with Mox, showing that he's got plenty of strength in that bicep. Throws all 240 pounds of Moxley effortlessly over his own shoulders. Jesus, I got a hernia just watching Brian Cage do this. Men battle back and forth. Mox removes his shirt, which is a theme on this show. Mox gets uh, back to work on Cage's left arm, which is the, the damaged one. Stick to the game plan. Cage tore that bicep months ago, the announcers remind us. And he was rehabbing for months, and he even delayed his debut in AEW. Battle outside the ring, Mox using multiple barricades to lay on the hurt. Uh, tangles Cage's arm in an uncovered barricade and boots it. Uh, up to ref's discretion here for a DQ, as they uh, start to use barricades as weapons, basically. And it's a championship match, and no one wants to see it go to a DQ, so the ref kind of allows it. And both men get hurt by the barricade, so I'd say it's pretty even. That's up to the ref, I guess, to determine, though. The ref has, like, uh, only the ref can see their health bars. Uh, Cage tosses Mox into a barricade he himself set up on the side of the ring. Again, Babyface sets up a thing and then eats it himself. Commercial break. Brian Cage has Mox in a torture rack. The men trade huge blows. Uh, Mox struggles but manages to hit the paradigm shift on Cage, who kicks out at two. No one has actually kicked out of that move. Jericho even puts over the move as the move that put him away for the championship. Kimura Lock, after a near fall, Cage powers out with a power bomb and tosses Mox into the corner. Cage attempts the drill claw on a stunned Moxley. Counter, cross-arm breaker, Mox wrenches back. Cage fights for the ropes. Mox, cu Mox cuts him off with his own body and continues to wrench the bicep. Mox gives Taz the finger as the two men uh, continue to grapple on the mat. Cage, in immense pain, will not quit. Taz is forced to toss in the towel. Taz saves his man. The rehab, as the announcers put over, a recovering cage lays out Mox with the FTW championship, hammering Mox with shots. Lights go out. Darby Allen appears, leaping from the top rope, driving his skateboard into Cage's throat. Mox and Darby hang out in the ring as they wait for TV to end. That was the match. Uh, the announcers get an A-plus here, putting over the story of the match, as well as uh, Taz's motivations for throwing in the towel here. This to Taz, Brian Cage is his, his, his prize fighter. If this man is out for five months rehabbing that bicep again, that means Taz isn't getting money. It all makes sense. Uh, it could, you know, the whole the story here with Cage is he, he doesn't lose anything. Someone else quit the match on his behalf. He never quit. Um, and, and Brian Cage can now go either way. He can either continue with Taz or, or be like, hey man, I, I had that under control kind of thing. Uh, but Mox stuck to the game plan. He worked that left arm. He wrenched on it. There were multiple times in this match, and Moxley is really the only one doing it. Some other people here and there, but it's it's rare. If Moxley goes for a near fall and you kick out, Moxley immediately goes into another move. And it adds an intensity to his character that I really love. Mo John Moxley and Dean Ambrose are not the, other than looking the same, are not the fucking same person whatsoever. Uh, in ring, out of ring, all, all said and done. Uh, you know, Moxley will go for the paradigm shift. He goes for the near fall. Cage kicks out of two. Moxley doesn't sit there with his mouth open being like, I can't fucking believe it. He immediately grabs the man's exposed arm and starts wrenching on it to win. It happens multiple times in this match, and it's fucking great because of it. And, uh, yeah, it makes up for the dumb baby face spot of setting something up and then taking it yourself when you are treating a pro wrestling match like something you are desperately trying to win. Moxley wins here. Fantastic. Curious to see uh, what program Moxley finds himself in next. But that was the show. Uh, big AEW next week, of course, with the matches announced. Looking forward to it. That was Fight for the Fallen. Thank you for joining me. That's kind of going to be the show. Uh, sorry again that it's on a Saturday instead of a Friday. I'm going back to play some Ghost of Tsushima right now. Not the best game. You'll hear more about it on uh, Public Beta Podcast. And when I say not the best game... 
Don't get me wrong. I'm going to 100% that game. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, at titsiceberg on Twitter. Lee at titsiceberg.com is my email address. You can leave a topic question anywhere you see this posted, and we will get to it if it's interesting to us. Yeah. As I said, uh, hit us up next Wednesday and then either Friday, Saturday for uh, Sultans of Slam next week. That's the show. And the Sultans of... Slam! And welcome to the town!